Hi, everybody. Welcome again to another edition of ECC Insiders. I'm Joel. I'm Lee. Joining us now is Megan Struberg, Director of Early College and Admissions at East Central College, and Amber Glassstetter, a new student in the Early College Academy program. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Um, thank thank you. you so much for being here with us. Megan, why don't we start off with, so we'll talk today about Early College Academy. We'll talk about dual credit and dual enrollment as a whole. Why does East Central College do early college programming? Sure. So we offer early college programming, which includes dual credit, which is taught by high school instructors at the high school, dual enrollment, which is online or at East Central, and also the Early College Academy for a lot of reasons. One is cost. Um, It's half the price of our in-district tuition. So it's a way students can save a lot of money on dual credit and dual enrollment. Also with Early College Academy, the students get their tuition and books paid for by the district and East Central waives the fees. So as long as they get a C or better in their classes, it's completely free. And they walk away with a high school diploma and an associate's degree from East Central College. We've been doing dual credit and dual enrollment for a long time, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, decades, I think, correct? Mm-hmm. Decades. Yeah. So talk a little bit then about ECA. When was the first class? Sure. Uh, So fall 2020, right in the midst of COVID. Perfect. We started our first class uh, with Union High School and we had um, about 20 students start. Uh, We ended that with about 10 students. Um, I think being a first year program, you kind of learn, you know, who's the best fit for this. And, um, you know, Union was kind of our guinea pig that first year. Good. And when you say you ended with 10, do you mean after the two year cohort or after that first year? Um, After the first or I'm sorry. After the two-year cohort, so 10 graduated from the program. Perfect. Our first first group of graduates was yeah. 10 from Union High School. Makes sense. Absolutely. And each, so that was not that long ago. That was just Correct. three falls ago when mm-hmm. you had your first guinea pig class. And now how many high schools and how many students about? We have uh, six districts and 65 sco- uh, students in the program for ECA. Provide some context in regard to early college academy. So obviously we've been, East Central College has been doing this since 2020. Are we on the front end of this trend, right in the middle of the trend with community colleges across the region of the country? Where, where, are, we, where are we sitting? Sure, I would say we're kind of in the middle. Um, there are some schools that have done it for, I'm going to say, five to ten years maybe before we have. And there are some schools that don't have it at all. So I would say we're right in the middle when it comes to the state of Missouri. I talk to a lot of community members, and when I do, I, when I mention Early College Academy, they want to know more about it. They just think it's such a fabulous opportunity for a student to get a college degree at the same time they get their high school diploma. And we've added a lot of schools since then. So you would think this trend would continue in this region. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it will. Every year we usually get a little more interest. Um, Depends on the district on how many students they want to send. You know, always it's a budget issue. So um, some of the bigger districts districts can send more students. Um, smaller districts might send just two or three even in a semester, but maybe a bigger district like Washington or Union would send 15 to 20. From that first cohort, um, and again, you talk about it being the guinea pig, and correct me if I'm wrong, but each school district, they have kind of their own parameters for who to send, correct? Um, they do. We have a general application that all of the schools fill out and they kind of brand it with their own school information and where to turn it in and what their deadline is. Um, the schools have to let us know by April 1st who they've selected. Um, they are required to do our AccuPlacer test and show college readiness as part of that packet and then also talk about why, um, write an essay essentially on why they're interested in the program. Great. Are there any lessons that 
you could, in a few words, perhaps um, share from that first year about who perhaps the ideal ECA student is? Sure. Um, so I think that first year, like I said, it was a learning experience for Absolutely. us as well. Um, and I think the ideal student is someone who is very driven. Um, they have a high GPA. Um, they're not always like the most involved student because there are some trade-offs, you know, in attending college while you're in high school. Um, I think the ones that struggled were ones that maybe were not as strong in their ability to advocate for themselves. Mm. Um, there was maybe some that maybe needed just a little more time to be a kid. Um, mm. I know, for example, one of my students was like, I just want to play video games after school. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's fine. But, yeah. you know, as a college student, you have to study after school. So um, it's it was nice that the ones that fell off really fell off after that first semester and were able to return to the high school. And they've been successful. And one's actually been back already. It just was yeah. timing. You know, it wasn't quite right for them because they have to decide sophomore year. That's really early in their high school career. And that's absolutely not a failure. To no, kind of understand not at all. It's priorities. a learning experience for everybody. Absolutely, especially mm -hmm. at that age. We're lucky to have Amber with us today. So would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? So this is, you've just started. What made you consider wanting to be part of ECA? Yeah, so um, I guess I kind of just got to the place in high school where I'd taken all the classes I wanted to take. And... Um, there wasn't much advancement I could do in classes, and I'm not I'm not very involved in high school. I don't do, like, any clubs, really. I've always taken part in orchestra, which I knew that was something I could keep when I went to ECA, so that was really a big um, factor in me making my choice or whatever. But, um, so, yeah, I just – I got to a place where I knew it would be a lot smarter and a lot more cost-efficient to just go ahead and get my schooling – done and when it's free and available to me. And I didn't really feel like I was going to be missing out on much when I was still able to take the class that I really wanted to. So, so do you have a chance now of talking to other kids that are at Washington High School about your current experience? And what kind of feedback are you getting from them? Do they have a lot of questions for you? Is there interest in it? And what are you hearing? Yeah. So um, Orchard is my main class. So I talked to a lot of people in that class. And uh, most of the students I talk to kind of don't like the idea of having to miss out on a lot of the high school experience. And that's something that I get a lot of questions about. Like, do you regret it? Do you feel like you've missed out on things? Um, and personally, I don't really feel like I have. Um, in fact, this has let me do a lot more stuff with an open schedule. And I've gotten to do a lot more than I was able to do when I had to be at school for seven hours a day. So um, mostly other students are just feel like I'm cheating myself of the high school experience almost, but I don't feel that way at all. And I think this is a great opportunity. Well, I think that sh shows that education, the pathway is different for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's not one pathway. That's why some people come here. Some people stay in high school, but it, it fits you and you really like it. Mm -hmm. So what's, if there's like one thing you found to be the best thing about it, what's the one thing that you've noticed is the biggest change or adapt adaption that you've had to make? Um, so the best thing about it for me is just how free my schedule is. Um, I just have a lot more time to fit in a lot more things, which is really helpful for work and, um, for hanging out with people. It's just a lot easier to feel like I'm making the best of my time. Um, the hardest struggle right now, I would also say is kind of my schedule because just cause getting from place to place is the hardest from getting to classes straight to the high school um, it's just a difficulty there and there's just some stress around finding time to do homework. 
but I think the balance and how free my schedule is really helps that. And we're in week five of your first semester, right? (laughs) So I think that what you'll say 10 weeks from now, a year from now, that might ebb and flow. And I think oftentimes from, for students who are straight from high school, whether in ECA or traditional, that those first couple of weeks of classes where you might have one class and a five-hour break and another class, it seems like, hey, I got all this free yeah. time and then the homework starts coming in. You're like, yeah. oh, now I have to figure out how to manage all of this. Um, do you know what you're maybe interested in studying or pursuing after yes. your AA? Um, I want to be an English major. I want to write books. So I'm just pursuing that. That's Any idea wonderful. of, so you'll get your Associate of Arts degree in a few years. Mm-hmm. Any idea where you'd like to go to after this as far as university? I have picked one or two. Yeah, um, I'm looking mainly at Evangel um, in Springfield. That's my main college outlook right now. What do your parents say uh, when you first heard about it? And what was their reaction when you said, I think I want to try this at East Central College? Well, what did, what did your parents say? Uh, they were actually really supportive. Um, I've had a lot of friends in my youth group that did this, the program before me, and they all finished out and really enjoyed it. And so my parents had already heard about their experiences and knew that it had been a good thing for them. And they thought it kind of matched what I was looking to do in my life. And um, all the reasons I gave, they said made sense. And they really just encouraged me to go for it and uh, do whatever it took to be able to take part in this opportunity. How many do we have from Washington? Um, we have 12 from Washington right now. Okay. Okay. I mean, do you find yourself, like Lisa said, it's five weeks in. Do you, are you a pretty tight knit group? You're 12, but we have different classes at different times. So maybe mm-hmm. that's a, that's comes from a clarification too. You have 12 students from Washington, but they're at different classes at different times, right? Yeah. I don't think I have any classes with Washington students. I do have classes with my other, um, ECA students from different schools and, I'd say we, we talk a lot, like we have a lot of the same classes, so it's nice to be able to talk to people who are going through the same thing and also balancing high school and stuff um, and be able to just ask them questions and figure out their ways of dealing with things. But actual Washington students, um, there's one that I'm pretty close with, but we don't have any of the same classes, so we just kind of meet up at high school, I guess. <laughs> and that's a good point of clarification. Uh, the students in early college academy are mixed in with all of our other mm-hmm. college students, so... It just if they happen to have classes with ECA students, great. If they don't, that's okay too. Um, I know Amber's in my um, Falcon seminar class, and so we have kind of cohorted those out a little bit as far as ECA students are only in ECA Falcon seminar sections. So Amber is the only Washington student in my class, uh, but we've got Bourbon and Sullivan and Union uh, students in that class as well. And just so folks know, the Falcon seminar class we reference is a one credit hour kind of freshman orientation type of course that you will pretty much see at any college about kind of college 101. Um, And so we at ACC have themed basically cohorts of Falcon seminars based on pathway, what, what students are majoring in and for certain populations like ECA. It is interesting, though. I, I think you know people want to know what the student perspective is. Do you? Because f- I think they think that you stand out. Like there's a big red X on you that you're an early college academy student. But if you looked into that classroom, you couldn't pick out an early college academy student. So you haven't felt that at all. I have not. No, I've just felt like your regular college student. Just been really nice. And we do some prep work, too, with our early college academy mm-hmm. students um, as far as onboarding and our kickoff. Like, 
you know, we're expecting you to exhibit professional behavior and no one should know really that you're a high school student unless they go looking farther into your record. <laughs> um, that should not be revealed by your behavior in the classroom. I know something that when we first started the program, faculty um, talked to you about frequently is about content in the classroom and what that might look like. Is there an expectation to change content that is geared toward kind of oftentimes 18 plus. So any kind of comments on that in terms of the conversations we've had about college level sure. content? Um, and we've talked about it at the kickoff meeting and also um, the orientation meeting. You know, the content you cover in class might be a little different than what you're used to at home. Mm -hmm. um, we make that very clear with our parents as well. Um, every once in a while I'll have a student come to me and say, hey, did you know this was in the syllabus? And like, remember that conversation we had? <laughs> um, so I always I, worry that might be one of my classes. It might be. It <laughs> might be, Ms. Gold. Um, but you just... It's one of those things. You're in an adult environment, so we expect you to behave accordingly. I think you may have asked this earlier, Lee, and I missed it, but Megan, as far as the word I'm going to use is failure rate, but I know we kind of interview these students beforehand, making sure they're ready. So what is the, maybe I should say success rate rather than failure sure. rate? No, I think it's fair, a fair question to ask. I would say um, in the beginning, we probably saw more students that kind of fell off after that first semester, just because even the schools were learning, like, who's the best fit? So, for example, um, when we first pitched this idea to Washington, they're like, we're going to send you 30 students. And so the first time we had, I think, a little over 20. And then that first graduating class ended up being, I think, 10 from Washington. And it's kind of a similar thing happened with Union as well. So um, now pretty much all the students make it through. We might lose one or two that start off in the beginning um, because now they know who the right fit is, the maturity level, like who to send us, that type of thing. And we've just gotten better too, I think, at preparing students and parents um, over these last three years with the program as well. This is not the format of the podcast, but I'm going to ask Leah a question because she's a faculty member. Do you notice an early college academy student in your class? Is there something that sets them apart, good or bad or indifferent, compared to, I would call it, you know, air quotes, an Traditional. Traditional, yeah. Um, no, I don't think that there's anything um, that I could say does set them apart um, in any specific way. Um, I do think it's important kind of in this context that we don't use the word failure because I think that it's really wonderful when students do realize, especially at that young of an age, this is what's best for me right now. Um, and I've had a number of ECA students who a few of them it was the right choice to go back to high school, and I didn't see that as a failure for them at all. And then students who ECA was just a wonderful, wonderful fit for their lives. Um, and I've had some incredibly special students who I'm still in contact with. So it's, yeah, I wouldn't know just from day one, um, except for on the roster when we see, like, the different student um, categories. But... Yeah, I, I don't, don't think that any of us as faculty would be able to say, yeah, I can spot an ECA student. Even though eCentral for their associate's degree, they only need an English Comp 1, English Comp 2 class, which is very typical of any college student. The high school student that's not taking English at the high school needs additional English credit. So to make that all work out mathematically, because the conversion rate of college credits to high school credits is a little different, they end up taking four English classes with us, one which might be creative writing or a literature class that they really weren't planning on. Amber here would probably love that class. Another <laughs> student, 
actually is uh, in another class that I know is really struggling with poetry because it's just not not his jam. You know, it's not something he wants to be in. He's not interested. Um, and so, you know, I've conversed with him a little bit about, you know, hey, we need to think about this. Um, but I talked to him about, you know, this class is required for your graduation requirements. So we need to find a way to, you know, make it through the class and, you know, find a way to stay engaged, even though it may not be your chosen area of interest. And I think as faculty, we welcome and want students to be in all of our classes because there's something to learn. We see, we've always seen students at the beginning who may be resistant, but then grow and end up really getting something out of the class. I think sometimes when you have that combination, perhaps of a younger student plus perhaps not wanting to be in the class, that's a bit new for us. So, Megan, what's the... What's the advantage or the uh, incentive for a high school district to be a part of this? I mean, of course, it's opportunities for their students. Is there, are there other obvious reasons or not obvious reasons? I really think that's the key right now is all schools seem to be looking for a different pathways to offer to their students. Um, you know, you see more now often there's someone assigned to what they call choice programs, like at Washington, or, you know, alternative pathways. And so I think a lot of schools are just trying to offer different ways for different students to learn. Um, I think in our area, possibly the quick growth is competition. Well, if that district's doing it, then we should be doing it too. Um, so that has helped grow our program just from, from that perspective. They want to make sure that they're, you know, keeping up with the districts nearby as well. Amber, do you and your other ECA folks who you talk to or know feel like there's going to be um, not just an expectation, but motivation to continue after you graduate from ECC and your high school that going on to get your bachelor's degree is absolutely what you're wanting to pursue. Yeah, I think for um, at least a lot of the people in the ECA program that I've spoken to, that is the plan is to go on and continue getting more schooling and kind of doing the ECA program this early and like doing it during high school is a way to get a jump on their schooling ahead of time. So most of the people I've talked to all plan on doing at least two more years. Most of them or a lot of them are doing way more than that, which is not for me. But um, so a lot of them, it's just this is a way to get a jump start on that um, career and education level that they're going for. And I think perhaps a positive, and I'm always giving like the weird advice that students never hear about, slow down, take your time um, within reason. But if you're getting that associate's degree and your high school diploma at the same time, you're likely going to start as a junior at maybe age 18 or 19. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that um, that will, for many of you, you don't feel like you're rushed, like, well, I have to get my bachelor's degree in two years, mm -hmm. but that it might give you a little more wiggle room to study abroad, try internships, and not feel so rushed. Yeah. So that's my hope for you all, that it's not just a rush into yeah. adulthood, right? <laughs> that's a delicate balance, though, right? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you, you chose this uh, willingly, but you see the opportunities, and, you know, college is, is, can be that figuring your own mm -hmm. self out in an exploration. So I understand exactly what you're saying, right? It's a, it's a delicate balance. It's not just mm -hmm. get this thing done so you can go out and do what you need to do, but enjoy the experience and, and have that experience. So Amber, I do want to ask, so if you, 
been five weeks into this now. You know, what would you say to a student who is now a sophomore, a freshman, and what would you say to them if they're thinking about it? And what are the what would you tell them in your in your own experiences of why they should consider this? Um, I would start off probably by asking them what they're involved in right now, because that's the biggest change between normal high school and going to this is that you drop a lot of those high school activities. And um, I know for people that are really involved in high school, this would be a very difficult transition to make. And so that is what I would start off with. Um, But for those who aren't super involved and are kind of advanced already in the classes they're taking, uh, I would say this is a great opportunity. And I just talked to them about the freedom you have to pick your own classes and make your own schedule and find something that really just works for you and um, for your education path that you're wanting to take. And I'd also just tell them about how you can still take classes at the high school, which is something that I feel like has really kept me connected. Um, Whereas if I didn't have orchestras on my classes, I would probably have fallen a lot farther from the high school experience than I already have. But conversely, you can be involved on East Central College activities, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we've had those ECA students be involved, right, Meg? Yeah, very involved. Um, our, let's see, last year, one of our graduates from Union High School was our Phi Theta Kappa, which is our Honor Society president. Um, so I think that was something when the program started, I didn't really anticipate, like, well, they'll probably, you know, get involved, but I didn't realize how involved. So it's really up to the student how involved they want to stay at the high school or East Central or some combination of both. Um, I know that particular student was involved in cheerleading and a lot of other activities at the high school as well as East Central. So um, she had a nice balance of both. Anything that we didn't ask either one of you that you'd like to say? Um, I'm not sure the best way to say this, but the other thing that with early college academy students is you do have kind of that extra person looking out for you Mm -hmm. um, with the early college and admissions team. Um, You know, whoever your high school rep is for just a regular admissions recruitment activity is also your mentor for the high school. So that person is kind of taking a look at your grades, checking in, um, you know, making sure you just have an extra eye out for you because you are a young student here on a college campus. And um, I think it's important just to have that extra support. Um, And I always tell students they're more than welcome. Come to my office, complain, cry, event, whatever you need, knock on my window and I'll come let you in the back door, you know, so we can talk through whatever you're going through. Cause sometimes it's just, you just aren't quite sure how to advocate for something or not sure how to process a feeling about something. And it, maybe it is something that happened in class. I know, um, our first year we had a student that, um, was really upset about, um, what she believed to be a controversial topic to talk in class. And so it would kind of bring you back to that conversation, like, okay, we're in an adult classroom and sometimes adult topics are going to come up. So, um, you know, helping them process through some of that and I think is important too. Yeah, I'd say to add on to that, um, something I have really enjoyed about the ECA program is that there is such a big safety net to fall back on. And it feels almost like there's more resources here than there was at the high school, just because all the teachers have a million students and they don't have the time to focus on one student in particular. And sometimes it's a lot harder to um, connect with your high school teachers and ask them questions and just advisors and stuff like that. There's so much that I have access to here at ECA that I feel like I didn't at the high school. And I feel like that's really helped me um, transition smoothly into this and just make me feel more confident in my decision. (laughs) Good. Do you also feel comfortable talking to your instructors? I do, yes. Good. They're all pretty laid back, like talk to you like you're a fellow 
peer, not just their student. Good, 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 good. I always hope that too, because it's wonderful that the cohort has so many wonderful supports. But like, I hope they also know they can talk to their mm-hmm. faculty members when there are issues that arise. So we started talking about the different kind of early college opportunities, dual credit, dual enrollment, and then ECA. Um, There's so much to talk about with ECA, and that's kind of been our focus. But I wonder if you've noticed any feedback from specifically high school instructors who teach dual credit, if there have been any shifts or you foresee any shifts in dual credit because of ECA, or if we think that ECA numbers are kind of going to be small and steady enough that it's not going to affect dual credit. But I just wonder about perhaps, the, and this is a question for the high school teachers, of course, but sure. their perspective with some of these changes. I would say um, anytime we first start the conversation with the district, it starts to make dual credit instructors a little nervous because mm-hmm. they're like, ooh, is this going to affect my numbers in my class? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we found is the effect is so small because it is it has to be the right student at the right time that maybe isn't as involved like Amber had mentioned. Um, so they really aren't losing that many numbers to that. Um, with that being said, if it's a smaller class, you know, you might have several. I know one of our local districts um, is not offering a class this semester because all those students happen to be mm. in ECA. So I think, you know, I think we do experience some of those sore spots as well. Uh, but overall, bigger districts, it doesn't have as big of an impact as I think at first kind of that fear factor is. That makes sense. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think this question is out of order, but as far as explaining dual credit, for those listening who are like, I've heard about dual credit, can you give the dual credit 101 and the value of dual credit for a high school student? Sure. Um, so I think there is such a growth in the high schools and wanting to provide different opportunities for students. And so that's why dual credit is growing so much. So traditional enrollment is falling for a lot of schools, but our dual credit has actually grown 47% since 2019, um, which is huge, absolutely huge. Um, so parents and supporters are looking for that opportunity for students at a lower cost while they're still in high school. And the fact that they can get credit for college and high school at the same time, why not? Um, so I think that there is, you know, that desire from families and students that they want to move um, a little bit more quickly through that. Um, and also cost, you know, that's just also something people are very, very concerned about right now. Um, and being able to take it at half price, um, and especially in the high school, they don't even get charged fees because all of that is taken care of at the high school is an even bigger savings for a lot of students. So before, I would say several years ago, we might see people graduate with you know, three, four dual credit classes. Now they're graduating with, you know, two semesters worth of classes. And so we're seeing that even change um, affect the college too, because they may not need Central at all, or maybe as long um, as they did in the past. And so they might be jumping to the four-year school. Um, and I think a lot of community college in particular are seeing that. 47% growth at Central. dual credit, or I'm sorry, early college opportunities. When we talk about dual credit, dual enrollment, and early College Academy, it's 47% growth. So for those not familiar with this, so these are high school, generally juniors and seniors at their high school in a certain class um, that they can achieve college credit in that class, but not every student in that class necessarily would get dual credit. Correct. There are some mixed classrooms in some schools that only have college credit classrooms, but most of them are mixed. So it gives the opportunity to do dual credit, but if they don't want to pay for it or don't have the funds or not an interest, they don't have to. Um, also, we're seeing a growth in our homeschool population. So that's bumping up our dual enrollment population that's taking classes online um, and also on campus. 
It's important to note also with dual credits, those high school instructors have to be credentialed just like an ECC faculty would be. So they're actually adjunct faculty. Um, and yeah, so they're part of the department also um, as adjuncts, basically. But And that is a program that's been around for so long. I graduated from Union High School 100 years ago, roughly. And <laughs> I graduated with a number of college credits from ECC because of those opportunities. So Lee and Harry Truman were close friends. We were. were. Oh, we were. We were classmates. You and yeah. Harry. Yep. <laughs> she helped him on his campaign. <laughs> uh, I, dual credit's another thing that I think people really embrace and uh, seeing that it's an opportunity for a high school student to get college credit and then they leave high school and they, they start at a four-year or decentral as a second-year or a third-year student and financial savings, really a jump on, on a lot of their coursework. Is there the downside here? Of course. Which is? <laughs> I can always jump in the voice of balance. And I think this idea of obviously being financially responsible and keeping those things in mind. You do not want to take a decade to get an associate's degree or bachelor's degree. But I talk to so many young people who feel like at a younger and younger age, they're expected to know what they want to do for a career, what their major has to be, what they're going to do for a job. And I think that there should be a delicate balance that allows for some time to explore. And that is not a popular perspective, I know, but I do think that there has to be some sort of kind of balance in... Um, exploration. Yep. Mm-hmm. There being time for exploration. But, but yeah, I know that that's a hard sell when um, higher ed prices are such a concern. So that's a, that's a huge conversation, right? <laughs> but I do think that I want that for my students, whether they're ECA students, traditional students, or non-traditional students that they feel like they can explore their opportunities without feeling like they have to know exactly what they're going to do in 5, 10, 20 years. So. I would say I feel that natural fear with my particular role because I do early college and admissions. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, my heart says one thing and then, you know, we've <laughs> got to work on enrollment. So, um, you know, it, to me, it's all about whatever the right fit is for that student, that's the right answer, whether yeah. it's early college academy or I wait, or, you know, I work with one of our career navigators to help them decide what they want to do. Um, you know, a lot of it is just, I tell people their, their own research project, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we'll figure this out together. Um, as far as where to go, what pathway is the best for you? I think that's the key here of more pathways, not less. So there's, an, right. there's enough opportunities for everyone. So there's not one gets chopped. It's just because you're just creating more pathways and more opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, you're making that pool a lot larger instead of just the same size of a pool. I think that's the key here. Like early college academy wouldn't be for everybody. And right. dual credit's not every, mm-hmm. for everybody. And that's okay. Yeah. But that each student feels empowered and encouraged no matter what pathway they're interested in. No matter where they come from, what school district is, what their parents did, that they feel encouraged and empowered to enter into any of these numerous pathways. Mm-hmm. Oh, great conversation. Amber and Megan. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now we're talking to Mary Daly, who's an ECA student in her second year at East Central College, which means that she is also a senior in high school. So kind of a double senior. Um, Mary, would you mind telling us just kind of about how you heard about ECA? What made you interested in applying? 
Um, my sophomore year of high school was the first year that Sullivan kind of introduced the program. At that point, it was like nobody really knew what it was or what was going on. They just knew those kids who got accepted didn't have to come to school, school at the high school anymore, really. Um, but I was like, I had heard they were going like doing college classes instead. And so I was really interested in that. And I had been kind of contacting my counselors about that. And they were like, well, we'll explain it at the end of your sophomore year, you know. Um, but yeah, they had like an info meeting that was open to all the sophomores at the time. And they're like, if you're interested, come, if you're not still come, it's good to hear about. And I went and I heard them talk and I knew like instantly it was something that I wanted to do an opportunity that I should, you know, take advantage of. And yeah. Mary, what was, what was the attraction to this compared to like dual credit where you would be able to get college credit at your high school or now you're on a college campus? Was it the a little bit of both of wanted to go to a college campus taking classes. Talk about your rationale, why you chose this over the dual credit option. Um, dual credit classes are really expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And whereas, you know, this is, as long as I pass, this is paid for, you know. Um, but also I like that I was going to get to sit down with actual college professors and kind of see the structure of those classes and kind of be in that new environment where you have to, you have you, you don't know these kids. You haven't gone to school with these kids since you were in primary, you know. So you have to actually reach out with these people and make these connections with the professors and everything and just put yourself out there because they're not going to know you. You kind of have to, like, make that name for yourself. And it has to be something that you really want. And I, I, it just seemed like a really attractive thing to me. And I, here I have more options in the classes I can take, whereas at, at the high school you can take um, biology for your dual, whatever, dual credit. But here I could take like any class that I wanted. And so that seemed like a really fun thing to me. So you're an old pro now since you're in your second year, but if you can rewind and remember what it was like to first start a year ago, what did that feel like? Did it meet your expectations? Was it different than you thought it would be? Um, it definitely exceeded my expectations. I didn't really have a lot of expectations, um, especially because like my high school chooses like so few students to do it like the class before me had three or four girls but I only saw two at graduation you know um but yeah I didn't really have that many expectations going in I just I was like I'll sit down and I'll take the classes do the homework and it's done but I didn't realize like how many great resources would come with it like the stuff in the learning center and everything and yeah, like even the Food for Falcons, a fantastic resource and everything. And so it definitely, like, um, I should have raised my expectations of what it was. But, yeah, it's definitely exceeded them so far in terms of, like, classes and everything and just ECC in general. Good. That's very good to hear. And the Food for Falcons program, um, we've been very fortunate that this continues to be funded by various sources. But all students at ECC have access to a free limited menu lunch in our cafe every day. So that's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, at no cost to them. Yes. So some donors have certainly helped out. We certainly have some um, food insecurities on campus. So I'm glad we're able to offer that. Uh, Mary, I was going to ask you, so are you involved in anything when you go back to your high school? Um, in high school, I'm really involved in choir. I was. We just had district choir auditions the last week, I believe. So this is my Fourth year getting accepted into district choir. This is my second year qualifying to audition for state choir. Congratulations. So thank you. I have that coming up in November. So that's a little bit stressful. 
Um, last year while I was in the ECA program, I was also involved in like um, musical theater at the high school. I did the spring musical. But this year it's mostly like it's just choir based, really. I do a lot of music stuff and it's majority choir at the high school. And part of the reason for me asking is I think some people think a student, high school student coming for early college academy and campus doesn't have an opportunity to experience activities at their high school, but certainly you do. Yeah, my high school does a really good job. Um, I think it's a mission requirement. I have to take one class at my high school to still be able to do those extracurriculars, um, which is kind of nice because you're still at the high school. You're still able, still able to take classes with your friends and everything. But my high school does a really good job making sure that students are able to be involved, like the ECA students are able to be involved with things they need to be. Like if they need to be somewhere at a certain time, they try and work that out with the student schedule as much as possible and everything like that. So what is the reaction or what has to be been the reaction from students at your high school when you talk about your experiences here do they wonder what it's like do they not really have a feeling for it what is what is that reaction you get a lot of people see me and they they say that they thought I moved or something they don't really know I'm in the program just because at my high school um like I said there's very few students who do it but I do have a lot of people ask me about it they're really jealous that I only have classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays and I'm out of here by 12 30 at the latest um, but yeah, they're like, what are classes like? What's it like making friends there? Stuff like that. And just have to explain, like, it's basically the same as high school. You just have to put yourself out there more because you don't know these people as well, but you just, you have to put yourself out there to kind of get what you want from it. And speaking of that, have you gotten involved here at ECC's campus? Yeah, I have. So I'm currently president of our Phi Theta Kappa uh, chapter. So that's been really fun. Um, I don't do that much else otherwise. It's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one's pretty big. And um, I just, I try and stay involved by like going to the little fairs and stuff like that. Or if they're having like a book sale in the library. I just like, not many clubs or extracurriculars, but I still go to like all the little like extra stuff around campus to be involved and everything. Good. And Mary mentioned earlier, but... She's a student at Sullivan High School. We talked to Amber. She's from Washington High School. So, yeah. So certainly a trying to attract more and more students from our area high schools to early college academy. Again, I to reiterate the point, I, there's some sense from some that students are missing out from their missing out on the high school experience coming to campus. But I think Mary made a very valid point that she goes back and has some activities at her at her high school. And education is a really distinctive pathway for each individual person. So I guess the question to you is, do you feel like you're really missing out in your high school experience in the last two years by coming to a college campus? Um, I don't know. That's kind of a tricky question because in like terms of education, like I don't feel like I'm missing out. I feel like for me, the classes I want to take, it's much easier for me to take them at East Central. And so it's kind of easier for me to be engaged with my courses if there's stuff I want to be taking. Like, I'm not missing out on anything at the high school. Like, classes-wise, I already took the majority of the classes I wanted to take there. But in terms of, like, friends, a lot of my friends have still, like, they have every single class together. And then I see them for choir. And so that can be a little bit weird, but you just have to put in the effort to like reach out with them and stay connected and everything. So it's just about 
about the amount of effort. If you are somebody who's very dependent upon your friends and you love having every single class with them and you feel like that's something you need to get you through the school day, then that's absolutely okay. And like high school is the perfect place for that. But I felt like I didn't really need that. You know, I felt like, um, I was, I'm more focused on like classes and just doing what I need to kind of better myself as a person and being at the high school wasn't necessarily the best course of action for that for me. So let's talk about what comes next. What's on the horizon? So you're in this unique position where you're this spring going to graduate with your high school degree and an associate's degree from ECC. So what we're recording this in the fall. So you're thinking about applying and doing applications now. Um, so tell us a little bit about your plans. Um, I am planning applying early decision to Boston University, um, which is a little bit scary, especially because my application's due in less than a month now, and I'll find out my decisions in two months about. Um, but yeah, I plan to transfer to a four-year, hopefully Boston University, please let me in. Um, but <laughs> after that, I would like um, to do intern- internships through the four-year and everything, and then eventually go to law school. And yeah. That's awesome. Have you thought about what you want to major in in terms of pre-law? Um, I believe political science with a minor in gender and sexuality. Awesome. Mm-hmm. awesome. Always throw in an English double major, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Says the English instructor. Yeah. <laughs> Mary, is there anything about your experience uh, that you'd like to share that maybe uh, we didn't ask you? I don't think so. <laughs> no sure. regrets? Um. No, I'd say no regrets. You know, this is, as soon as I heard about the program, like, I immediately knew I wanted to be a part of it. I even wrote my college application essay about it, you know, because it was just such a set in stone thing that, like, it was kind of a self-discovery moment for me. It's like, I don't really know what I want to do, where I'm going with this, you know, and then it happened, and I'm like, well, I'm somebody who loves school, extra school, perfect, you know, sign me up. (laughs) But then it kind of, like, I was able to experience college early, you know, and kind of figure out what I need to work on before transferring to another four-year and everything, and definitely learning, like, how to use resources, and that it's okay to not get stuff perfect on the first try, and that it's okay to ask for help if you need it, because high school, for me, it was a very, like, the hold-your-hand kind of moment, and then here, it was also, it was just... Not you're on your own, but more, it's definitely more independent. And that's something that I, as a, I really appreciate, you know. What takeaway, we've heard this theme throughout interviews uh, over the last few months of more involved a student is on campus, the more successful and more fulfilled they feel, regardless if you're an early college academy student mm-hmm. to a recent high school graduate to an adult learner. It's the involvement from across the board right you can't be passive like you said I wanted to continue that hand-holding metaphor that there are a lot of hands here but you have to like find them and grab them you know and that does feel different and that's such good such a good experience for the next chapters of your life but getting involved so the fact that you're president of Phi Theta Kappa that's pretty remarkable and again those experiences don't just fall in your lap Mm -hmm. you have to be a self-advocate you have to put yourself out there and that's where the good stuff is. Mm-hmm. And you've learned that and done that. Yeah. If you were to talk to a sophomore at Sullivan High School who's considering this program, what would you tell them? Um, well, I've definitely already done this. I <laughs> love doing a little shameless plug for ECA. Um, but I just, 
I love to tell them, you know, it's your opportunity to make your education what you want it to be, kind of, because at the high school, it can vary. It can be very just one size fits all kind of path. And that's not for everybody. And it's okay if it's if it's it's okay if it is for you. It's okay if it isn't. But it's such a great opportunity to kind of put yourself out there in the world and feel things out for yourself. And it gives you a chance. It's definitely a self-discovery journey, you know, kind of with what you're comfortable with and um, kind of expanding those boundaries and realizing it's okay to be uncomfortable in these situations and everything. And it's just a matter of you have to know what to do to get over it and everything. And then there's also the plus side of only classes like two days a week. (laughs) There's that too. So wait a minute. So I do have a follow-up. So on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, what do you do? I have four online classes. So oh, you're saying that's oh, the other side. Oh, I see. So you're okay. Three I might days only a week. have classes Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I have four on online cam- classes on campus. So, and yeah. that's okay. again those ideas of like what's a good fit for everyone yeah. because a lot of students don't love online classes and want to be in person. So, but that takeaway of having more autonomy about kind of mm-hmm. building your schedule that works for yep. you—that's absolutely. And um, I I like the online classes because it's kind of that. I'm a very like self-motivated person and mm. so I for me that's a really good like kind of exercise it's a good exercise in prioritizing and time management because there's like no teacher in class being like we have this due on Thursday you know it's very much like you have to know what's coming up and also you can get all your work done on one day and have the rest of the week free to do that too <laughs> so there's there's definitely positives and negatives to it but for me it's mostly positives um, thank you so much for being here with us today, Mary. Um, so excited to see where your journey takes you. And thank you for making so much of your journey here at ECC, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to ECC Insiders. A reminder to check out the show notes for more resources, including links to our website and our contact information. Until next time, stay engaged and keep learning.